That would have been an incredible way to start the show if I just did the BattleBots quote right off the bat. And I don't even know it exactly either. It's the lights are on, the something something, it's robot fighting time, right? Well, I was kind of hoping to go with the uh, celebrity deathmatch quote. Let's get it on. <laughs> get it on. Hmm. Is Mills Lane still alive? I have no idea. I mean, you know what I'm talking about, right? Because BattleBots got rebooted or it's on the air now or recently or whatever. It was for a little while. Right. Well, they bring back Crank Yankers. But I mean, the BattleBots, I remember when shit, it was like 20 years ago, back when I was like in high school, middle school, when it was on Comedy Central. Yeah. Sorry, folks. Everyone's thinking we did a cocaine or something. But uh, if you didn't see the title, we got Cody Fisher on here. I got to keep calling him Fisher because you're in my phone as Spackler. It's just, and then people wouldn't understand. But you could be Cody Spackler. I mean, who cares? So. Yeah, I'm already that anyways. Indeed. I mean, it's it's more than just your, I mean, your experience and your character <laughs> put together. I mean. But the problem is, is I can't be Spackler anymore. I'm no longer a greenskeeper, so. Yeah, but it's in my phone. I'm, I'm not changing it. Up, when, I, when I say your name, the next proper name that comes after it is Spat. And I got to be like, oh, Fisher. But ultimately, people might be asking why you're on this podcast. I mean, ultimately... As everyone knows, the criteria for the loudest looper is you have to have caddied at least one day in your life. <clears throat> You're from Myrtle Point, Oregon. That's Coos County. And you have completed how many shadow loops? Two. Two shadow two. loops. Two. And what is your new job? Uh, well, I'm going to be the new ranger slash starter at uh, Pacific, at Bandon Dunes. So. They're going to be, I actually, when mm. I talked to Todd today, Master Chief, I told him uh, he's a retired Master Chief from the Coast Guard. So we, it's not a Halo reference for anyone out there who's yeah, it's a good reference. I mean, I like Halo. But uh, ultimately, uh, I told Todd, and he might have gotten confused with somebody else because Bob also got you confused with somebody else. But Todd made it sound like you're going to be starting in the starter shed, breaking in. But that's how the crew needs it. I mean, it's just because yeah. those because poor Todd walks around a cane because yeah. like, he slipped down number one team, like broke his legs or something like well, Tiger Woods style. I met him the other day when I was out looking yeah, he said at he met you. Uh, yeah. Baron's office. He showed me around your office and he'd come in. And I was like, well, how do you get in the crew? Well, I just thought I told him, you know, they're probably gonna hire you for the ranger spot so he knew it that's so nice that's, that's, that's funny to me <laughs> well and i was i was double checking with this morning because i don't <clears throat> fully i don't pretend to know like i know all the departments out there whatever so i asked todd i was just like hey uh you um what did i say to him i, I said like you guys marshals and starters are in the same department right he said yeah because i don't talk shop with ferret i don't yeah but i said uh marshals and uh what time is that i needed a timestamp marshals and starters are in the same department right and he said yeah and i said and you guys stick to each course so it's like you got the pacific department you got trails department yada 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 so and he was saying something about like how ah, there's only like five or six of them out there so i don't know how scheduling works i also know most of these guys are old and they just want the time off yeah you could be like ed where he said he was quitting i've had many beers with the guy I never believe a word that motherfucker said but uh well, <laughs> but the I, next thing you know he was gone <laughs> I, I tell you what though the ed, ed is one strange individual well, I'm a funny. I'm a funny. You're describing me because I'm friends with the guy, and I'm Ed, one strange individual, but I'm funny. Well, I hope to be funny. I mean, and Ed's great, and this, you know, Ed being a former cop in Mortal Point was know, he way back in the '80s. You know, I had no idea. So Ed, he's a local, local. Yeah, well, he's a member with us at the Elks. I know. Oh, he and was. So <clears> he still is. is. Still is. And I golfed him a couple times out there, and I tell you what, you get some liquor into that guy, he is goofier than hell, man. He's a he's a good time, like in terms of. 
first few times I met him, he's a little aggressive, but it's just like, oh no, yeah. once I got close to him, I'm just oh, like, no, this is my speed of fun. These, like, these type of people, like, he's just an old nut buster. And didn't he go like out east? Uh, he got like a job with the, he got like a pipeline job out in Eastern Oregon or something. I'm not That's really sure about that. I just know he used to be a cop back in the day. Well, so you know the you know the early stuff. I know the old yeah. stuff. So, but to go back to what the job, um, they are hiring me for a ranger, but I'm going to be doing some cross training starting the 18th as a starter as well. Well, you have so to because you got to cover be, for them. Sometimes. There might be some times where I might be doing a starter. Oh, for so. sure. I mean, that's what, <clears throat> not to say that's what I was afraid of genuinely because I looked at it like, well, that's the position where I've watched guys be starters for years and I've seen their spiel, their routine, their everything with golfers morph and change and get better to annoying, to inaccurate, to, ooh, that's actually good or whatever. Like case in point, the guy who's uh, the other starter for uh, Pacific, at least I still think is Greg. I don't know if he's still there or if he I, might have moved somewhere I else. I haven't met anyone named that yet. Or well, like... Todd and Greg seem to be the main two starters there. And Greg, I remember when he started a year and a half ago, and my God, you want to talk about a cornball who had like this. He'd say like, fellas, you're my first tee time. That means you're the rabbits. Next tee time's the wolves. Next tee time's the bears. You don't want to get eaten. You don't want to get caught. And I'm sitting like us caddies are looking at each other. I'm like, this maroon. Can you believe this guy? He's hilarious. I thought it was adorable. Everyone found it annoying. But throughout the last 18 months, I've seen Greg work. He is like turned into a colors between the lines kind of guy, super friendly, knows how to crack a joke, but ultimately knows like he, he's probably also the most uptight I've seen where it's just like, come on, guys, let's get you out there. Where's the four golfers when that's probably the one thing you can't do as a starter other than talking while people are swinging because it's like ultimately it's just like I look at it like, hey, like I said, movie theater mentality. Here's when your movie time is. You'll get here when you get here. I'm not going to be all upset if you show up here and it, it's not the starter's fault if the course is slow, even though you're the starter. It's the golfers. It's always the golfers. Absolutely. Yeah. So. Uh, well, you know, the couple times I did my loops for shadowing, you know, the Rangers and the starters were, well, hey, you guys are moving pretty slow. You're 15 minutes behind. You need to pick up the pace a little bit. Yeah. That was the first day. Of course, we were the first group out. You know, we got to set the pace. And of course, well, that, you guys yeah. want to be done four hours and 10 minutes talks is what they said they want for the, the first stuff. first round yeah. yeah um of course the second day i was the third group out and of course the, the front group got up to a really bad start i guess which mm -hmm. was kind of odd because the ranger was telling us oh you guys are 15 minutes behind when actually we were like 20 minutes ahead well it's it's a, it's a stupid position that doesn't like you could be different because you're going to be doing it full-time when you're younger but it's like most of these guys are part-time they're just in it for the benefits or the playing privileges and ultimately and this sucks, but a lot of people essentially, like all these marshals don't have, we don't pay them very much, so you don't have to be exactly high on the diplomatic scale. However, I would say more often than not, the marshals, like like Butch out at Sheep Ranch, he's a really great example. You know Butch. Oh, and like, we know all the good and bad stuff about Butch, but I tell you what, I've never, I've seen this way out position before, and I've never seen him, I've seen him get all like flustered or whatever, but like when he addresses the golfers, I always know when he's about to do it. And he says the same nice thing every time. It's like the nicest I've ever seen Butch is when he's talking to slow golfers. Like, cause we're sitting there, I'm just waiting for the, the keg to explode. That is Butch. Yeah. He's already sitting there frothing. And then all of a sudden he'll just be like, fellas, you're just a little slow. Just please pick it up. Have a good day. And just like, well, Butch, you're like, you're like one of the main marshals out here and you're kind of an asshole. And I know he's not going to listen to this, but fuck him. Uh, well, that <laughs> sentence doesn't make any sense, but that's, yeah, you get me. But anyways, I look at it like, he's a shining example to me of how Marshall should behave. Cause I remember uh, I used to be a marshal at Encinitas Ranch on uh, only on Sundays closing. And they'd always tell me if they ever told me in the back nine, which was my jurisdiction to tell people to speed it up or whatever, I'd be like, yeah, I copy that. And I throw the radio back in the cup holder. It's like, you're already on the back nine. You're charging them this much. What's the difference yeah. between a five hour round and a four fifty? It's Sunday at 4 PM. And I just go tell the guy, I go sit and the guy, and of course the marshal shows up 
golfers are all like, oh, I'm sorry. Or golfers always tense up. I roll up there. I'm just like, no, nah, fellas, how you doing? You guys need a beer or something? Like, I'm just like rolling up, just hanging yeah. out. <laughs> so you you got to be got to be friendly with these guys. I mean, they are paying a lot of money to go play at your, your guys' resort. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a premier resort. Hey, it's our country. resort. It's our, our resort. resort. Our I mean, it, it really is a premier resort in the country. And they're expecting to go out there and have a great time. And it comes back to what you and I were talking on the way over here to your place is, you know, you know, you, when they go to the pro shop or if they're talking with the guy on the starter or rangers out there, they want to see you guys in a good mood, whether mm-hmm. it's put on or not, fake or whatever. Yeah. If they see you kind of in a down mood or grumpy or pissy or whatever, that's going to bring their mood down. Like, you know what? We probably don't want to come back here because we don't want to deal with this. We're here to have fun, enjoy ourselves, not to have mood killers out there. Oh, yeah. I mean, people people act shitty enough when they just have bad golf to begin with, which is something yeah. that plagues all of us, even freaking which tour pros. surprises me about Butch because, you know, we I've played with Butch as much as you have. I've only and played with him I once can or imagine twice. He doesn't play with me You anymore. can see the years go on just like, the vein popping out the side of his head it's like oh he's gonna lose it man because he does that when he's golfing he loses his shit yeah well i mean you, i don't know if you heard but farron had to tell me i don't know if he'd be like so inclined to uh to lie or whatever you want another one i'm thinking about it yeah no, just tell me the flavor yeah. i'll grab it for you oh, um, let's go with uh well, let's go with the lemonade one i guess the regular okay tell me tell me a bad bush story I don't know so much of their bad so much as just entertaining as hell because you've only golfed with me one time at Coos when I was still working there. Yeah. So I've golfed out there several times with Farron and Butch. And, of course, you can have your dogs out there. No problem. Your, your dogs are allowed to be on the course with you guys. And Butch has this little tiny chihuahua thing. His yeah. name is Dub. Mm-hmm. It's I've, seen, term, I've met Dub before. You know, and he'd always bring the dog. Farron told me the first time I golfed with them, he's like, Three holes. Three holes, I guarantee he's going to start yelling at the dog and get into the cart because the dog does not listen at all. Mm-hmm. We were on the first hole halfway up the fairway, and he's all like, God damn it, dog, get in the cart. And he spent it's like, more it's time. His whipping boy. Oh, my God. For, for 18 holes, it was like that. He spent more time trying to get the dog to behave than he was golfing. It's funny because to me, Butch is such a head, heads, tails kind of guy, personality wise, where He's, he's a super great dude, but, like, the downsides to him that I've noticed are very, like, oh, that seems, like, just, like, textbook neurotic or whatever. I see it here yeah. or there or whatever. But I don't know if you knew. Farron told me this, and I believe it, but it's just, like, I guess I was playing with Butch and them one day, and I guess Butch has a complex where if he's not the longest driver in the group, he just gets in a bad mood. Nah. And I hate to say it, regardless of how I drive, you're not, he, nope, he's not out driving me. He, nah. he, he hits a 225 very well. But overall, um, I think it was – I, I guess he said I made some kind of it was some kind of like uh, absent-minded joke but it had nothing like I think I hit a really big drive or something I said like all right you guys don't need to hit or whatever but I said it like jokingly because Farron wasn't hitting a lot <laughs> if I hit a good drive Farron just puts the driver right back in his bag oh, if, no, if I'm on a roll he doesn't get out of his cart sometimes Farron's only going 120 so, that, so so I guess Butch uh like like he got real frosty with me for like 10 holes or something and I just didn't understand what was going on like it was but it was a but it was so obtuse I looked I told Farron like look this guy's gonna be a prick I'm just gonna yeah. If he's gonna be surly for no for a reason at the time I couldn't figure out. And when I found it out later, I'm like, Butch, that little bitch, come on. But I mean Fer- and Farron's called in that too, whatever. We well, don't care. But know, but it's more over <clears throat> Butch is awesome, but he like ever since then he refused to play golf with me. And yeah. I I look at like fine, they'll split off my sack. I mean Well, 
I'll box his little ass. Nothing, out. nothing to knock on you at all. Is that you? You and him kind of have the same mentality for golf. You take it pretty serious. I don't take you know, golf very serious. Um, when you have a bad hit, you know you do get a little bit pissy about but it. I, have and a, I, I do too. So. I usually have a bad hole but, uh, around it that, yeah, I, that I get but, uh, pissy about. With Butch, he gets pissed easily when it comes to golf, and he takes it so freaking serious. It's crazy. It's like you know, it's like, dude, it, it's you, all right, man. We're hey, good. Pot calls the kettle black. Yeah, I, 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 I get, I, you get pissed a lot. I get, yeah, pissed. you get pissed. You get moody. I do, <laughs> but not as easy as he does. Well, but of course, I yeah, just shrug one or two holes off. Last thing about Butch, because I don't want to talk about him much anymore. Uh, he is becoming my new best friend of the club in his eyes because uh, that is the first thing I'm doing out there is, uh, tr- as you know, trying to rescind that no dog policy. Yeah, and you've heard my reason behind it, right? I mean, it's ultimately like I. I if I ever have a question about the course, I go to Dale, our superintendent, and what he says is my is my law. And, oh, yeah. and he essentially said, as long as the grass ain't frozen, you can do whatever you want out there. I'm just kind of like that green light. I understand, but I even went back to him and said, "Hey, how do you feel about like occasional dog shit on the course, or whatever?" And he just muses like everyone else, just like it's a fertilizer, man. If it hits the mower, whatever. I mean, just try not to step in it. It's just like, yeah, it's not like we have an inordinate amount of dogs out there shitting all over the place and yeah. owners pick up after them. So we're well, it. it's like we had a discussion this afternoon when I was at the Elks. I went and had lunch and, and Dale and Cash showed up after a while and Bill Howe. And we were talking about the Easter thing that we're trying to get going here at the end of this month or whatever it is, beginning of next month. We're trying to get the Easter egg hunt set together. We're talking about, <laughs> yeah, it's like sometimes those kids don't find them all. And me and Dale multiple times have found oh. eggs three weeks later. Old eggs, we hit them with the mower. It's like, Bleh. oh my god! Oh, it's bad, you know. So it's like <laughs> a little bit dog shit ain't too bad. When you hit a freaking old egg that's been out in the freaking sun well, for dog shit's three weeks, you know, dog, shit, dog shit's fertilizer and egg. That's just yeah. chemi- that's just god. chemical warfare. At that god, point. it's Ugh. horrible. You literally weaponize it when you try over it. At any time in a mark, beginning of April, if you see me jump off a mower out there, that's because I freaking hit one of them goddamn eggs three weeks after fucking <laughs> Easter. <laughs> and it's it's horrible smelling. It's man. a literal landmine. It like, really is. You know? That's oh my god! It's like running yeah. over a skunk and having all eight stink sacks go off instead of the one. It, it's not something you want to experience. So the occasional stepping in the dog shit's nothing compared to freaking listening to having to smell a three week old freaking boiled eggs but yeah. in the sun for you know that long. Yeah, that's yeah. No, I get that. <laughs> god, that's gonna, gonna smell. Eggs smell bad to begin with. I like eggs. I, I try to eat eggs, eggs every and morning. It, it's not just a smell. You can taste it. Oh, you it, can taste it. It's like last night when I farted and I looked over at Jennifer and it was a bad one. I, and I said to Seth Rogen line from Seth Brothers, I said, I can taste it with my tongue. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not good. Is that onion and ketchup? Oh, <laughs> god, that is not right. Man. Oh, goodness. Man, so, meatloaf sandwich. Uh, that is that is not what he said but that's oh, funny <laughs> oh so wait a minute i actually i called into that from the fringe podcast uh uh then i they always have me on as a caller but i'm because because as he the guy messaged me saying like i'm <clears throat> i'm good with bringing the content not that he wouldn't think of it on his own but like he always has like you know phones are open if people want to call in with questions and it's just like yeah a few people call in but it's just like i'm always asking like hey what kind of what is what do you think about this what do you think about this like being a sports radio listener or whatever and uh uh, <laughs> I'm actually kind of stoned right now. I forgot what I was talking about. <laughs> oh Lord! We just oh, got started. Me. No, well, yeah, we just well, it's we not just, like we I'm just gonna, got started. It's not like I'm not going to do this. It's it's always going to come back to me. I didn't oh, write it Lord. down. I don't care. My phone's pinging way too much over here. <laughs> oh shoot! I was talking about the oh, but see, I got it. Um, my latest thing I called in on was I said uh, golf movies. 
like what I like said, like what are your favorite, what, what's the best golf movie and or what you think is like, what's just your personal favorite? Because I mean, people get really janky, but have you and I ever talked golf movies? Because you and I talk about a lot of crazy oh, shit on the course. We talk about the movies, but I've yeah. never asked you, I don't think like, what's your favorite golf um, movie and or what is the best one? You know, we, we always, we always, there are concrete yeah. facts behind this. So we, we always reference uh, Caddyshack lines all the time. It's constantly, we're just throwing out random lines for Caddyshack. Who but doesn't? Honestly, that's, that's my, my favorite, uh, golf movie, and it's in my top five movies of all time. Is Tinka Tears? Did you know that's my favorite, right? Or did I, you just say that? No, I mean, it's in my top five favorite movies of all time, and, and four out of the five are actually all sports movies. I would and probably three put of it... them are freaking uh, Kevin Costner films. So, well, you just have a problem, it sounds. <laughs> yeah, I do. But to be fair, I, I totally. I would put Tin Cup would probably rank in my six through ten favorite movies of all time. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't make my top five, but it's definitely my top ten just for a for what it is. It, for it stands alone as a, like a rom com about a sport, and it's very easy to follow. And with the exception of a three wood spinning backwards on the seventy second green, it's a pretty realistic movie o- overall. Yeah. I mean, it really, really is. But uh, but I mean, I my favorite is Tin Cup, but I. I defend Tin Cup like somebody defending Trump or whatever, where it's just like, well, I got my facts and they're concrete, or defending anybody, so to speak. And when it's a totally, when it comes to golf, especially movies or like food, it's your own taste. Uh, but I like stand behind Tin Cup saying like, no, this movie is airtight as a movie and it's about golf and it's it's accurate. I mean, you got Phil Mick- a young Phil Mickelson in it. Absolutely. You got everybody in it. Uh, after I say Phil, uh, I say everybody just because I don't want to name off all the names, but the part in that movie that seals it to me that makes it the best golf movie pertaining to golf, because we can get back to Caddyshack, and I'll reverently bow down to Caddyshack as one of the best comedy movies of all time, best cult classics, most yeah. quotable, all the above, all this five-star universal hitting power that makes Caddyshack so popular, but in the one harbor of golf, that's where I rank it fifth out of five, but I put Tin Cup first, and my favorite part of the movie that really seals it is when Corey Pavin uh the little guy with the mustache when they're during the U.S. Open like Tin Cup who's he Tin Cup who's that guy Roy McAfee who's that guy and the and when they're these two guys are walking that guy with the mustache because you probably wouldn't recognize him just based like unless like you busted Smitty and I or no me and Nick looking up the the 81 uh open winner Bill Rogers (laughs) right (laughs) which was hilarious by the way anyways um unless you've watched it like I have you might have missed it because you'd be like oh yeah Corey Pavin um 95 U.S. Open winner yeah, you see that on paper, but you might not have seen a picture of his face or whatever. Yeah. And he's kind of a distinctive looking guy because he's about five seven, got a big like Mario Brothers mustache, but it's not curled up, but like just big bushy like Tom Selleck uh, paintbrush right there. And he was always like a pipsqueak kind of golfer, but he won the U.S. Open in '95 playing like these Cleveland irons that look like they're called the VAS irons. They look like lady game improvement clubs. Like every single club looked like it had a a putter blum neck on it that like recessed back in like the whole iron head looked like a wood separated by itself with like all these anyways uh but um Corey Pavin has a quote where he said I can't believe a guy with the name of Tin Cup is going to have his name next to mine on the U.S. Open trophy and I just thought that seals it in terms of how real they're making it right there the 1995 U.S. Open fucking winner essentially was saying out loud I can't believe this fake guy in this real tournament is going to have his name on one of our favorite golf trophies ever. I mean, it's just kind of like, how yeah. much more golfy does it get? I mean, and I used to love Bagger Vance, but I'll admit, and Kit Man, that uh, from, uh, from the Fringe podcast guy brought it up uh, when I answered my question. That movie was good because it was well-written, directed by um, uh, Robert Redford, had uh, Will Smith, Matt Damon, Charlize Theron, star yeah. fucking power. Absolutely. But once I found out that that was based off a book, I'm like, okay, I can see that. But then... It, but it, 
it kind of do- dropped it down. I hate to say it a peg for me because I'm just kind of like, this is just, it's obviously fictitious and it's great and you want it to be real, but it's not. It's just whatever. But I mean, sorry, but golf movies. So um, t- t- know, why do you like Tin Cup so much? Tin Cup is just a lot of the comedy that's in it. It gets it for me. I'm a big comedy guy. Um, anything comedy, I'm, I'm definitely into. And Keep talking. Got, I, keep talking. That's, this is work that just takes yeah. me. Yeah, it's just, I mean, I'm a big Kevin Costner fan. So anything Kevin Costner, I'm definitely on top of. Well, so let's back up then. Give me your top five movies. I don't care what order they're in, but you told me they're sports movies and they're yeah. Kevin Costner so movies. My, my, my ultimate... I can't believe I haven't talked movies yeah. with you. My ultimate favorite film of all time is The Replacements with Keanu Reeves. That's my that's ultimate favorite, favorite movie. That's my favorite time. from all time. Uh, you're kind of a weirdo, I mean, but that's when, not when okay. they're, when they're in own, it's not a bad they're in the bar fight, a big black guy yeah. just dragging him down the bar after he spills his drink. It's just hilarious to me. No, I mean, I no, I'm totally with you. I, I need to rewatch <laughs> so, that because I only saw it the one time, but I really enjoyed that. So I got that tin cup, probably at number five. Um, for love of the game, which is another Kevin Costner it's a yeah. baseball film. That is, I'm not much into chick flicks, which is what it wrong really com. is. Yeah, well, not com. It's wrong. Yeah, um, it really is chick flick fight, and I do like that. Tin cup's kind of chick flicky. Not so much as flow of the game, though. No, of course not. No, what, what I'm saying is like tin cup, like uh, Renee Russo. Anytime you see her in something, she's not a Bond girl. Like she's like kind of like like the the dramatic. Like she's like the sexual Julia Roberts. Well, you think of Renee Russo, you're going back to Lethal Weapon, you know. Oh yeah, well, yeah. in the line of fire, she yeah. she plays the same like sexy professional woman in everything. Yeah, but she's like not slutty. She Thomas Crown Affair. Remember when uh, her and uh, Pierce uh, were banging on those marble steps? Yeah. I mean, I remember like Christianette and Uncle. They, that's one of their favorite scenes in the movies. God oh, forbid. God. That's like porn. That's like hardcore porno to them. Jeez, porn. That's softcore. What are you talking about? That's uh, some softcore. We're right? normal Come people. On. Hey, hey, I was raised religious in this very house. Hey, cheers to that. Yeah. Cheers to being fucked so, here. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what the other films are. So we got the Tin Cup, Love the Game, uh, The Replacements. And of course, I'm a big John Wayne fan. So you got Real Bravo and El Dorado to, yeah. to, to round that out. So I'm a big Western guy. So John Wayne is, but to you, me, but you said You said specifically like Kevin Costner movies and or sports movies. Yeah. So we got, you got The Replacements, which is football. You got For Love the Game, baseball. Right. And then Tank Cup, golf. Okay. But, you know, and two of those are Costner. Yeah. Three and, then, are... and then you round it out with Real Bravo and El Dorado, which are. Which is a volleyball movie. And... No. No. <laughs> We got, we got, we got ice hockey out here. John Wayne, you know, slap shot too. I tell you what, though, there is actually a John Wayne film out there in his younger days where he was actually a football coach. He did some really obscure stuff other than the military and and westerns. He actually yeah. was a, back in the forties in the movie where he was a football coach like Notre Dame or something like that. Oh, really? And it's like, actually, what was it like the story of Newt Rockney or something? I don't remember what it's about. It's been a long time since I've seen it, but he did a lot of obscure different stuff. Or he's uh, he's Rudy, like he's right. he's like the, I, no, no, the, I the not Rudy. Like the Rudy we know is a reboot, and the first one was uh, John Wayne. He's just like, well, uh, I'd like to uh, apply here to Notre uh, Dame. <laughs> I mean, I'm not good at a John Wayne impersonation. You go from a guy like that who's 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 four foot nothing in the and Rudy. How the hell do you put John Wayne a 6'4", 280 pounds so man? Well, you know, it's like, damn. You no, know, back in movies, you know, the same size guy played all roles, so That's to speak, true. or whatever. Like, remember, you've seen Full Metal Jacket, right? Yes. Uh, Private Pyle was a uh, was Pyle, right? No, no. Who was the guy? Who was the I, guy? I gotta be honest, I didn't really care much for oh, the movie myself. But. I, I, I'm, I'm, oh god, I, I, 
the, the couple dozen people, thank you for listening, are punching their ear earbuds right now, or they're punching their dashboards. Well, but, that's uh, kind of like me with the Bill Rogers reference the, thing, man. Like, I'll like you back. See, see how wrong. this goes. See, this is how this is very meta. This is how the circle comes full. It's coming back. And now you're back on the. But yeah, but you're on the show now, and we're gonna fuck stuff up. The people are gonna come back to us it's now. It's coming to bite me in the ass now. It will. And it's probably Nick that's listening. It's gonna get me on it. Well, it's funny you keep pointing <laughs> the screen. You should keep pointing the microphone, even though it's only eight inch difference. Oh, so. I can't see. <laughs> Can you hear my finger pointing at the microphone? When Ty Ty is hopefully gonna be listening. Our network director is gonna be listening to this in the background, obviously, because the camera is just pointing up at the ceiling, and and all we can see is just our hands doing. Uh, 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 finger puppets, but um, doing some, some, some so we were t- sorry. We were talking about John Wayne, uh, <laughs> Rudy, uh, Rudy. Um, oh God! But still, though, there there there's like 17 different ways I want to go with all that. <laughs> you know, I man, John Wayne's a big boy. He was, I mean, he was all a six four, two hundred eighty pounds. I mean, I'm not intimidating guy. The only thing I liked of John Wayne's, I don't mean to say liked. I really wasn't. It'd be like. I hate to say it. I treat John Wayne like Elvis. I'm familiar with all of his songs. I know them all, or whatever. But I, if you're just scroll through my phone, I don't know any Elvis. Nah. It's just it is what it is. So uh, my favorite John Wayne thing ever on TV was the I Love Lucy. I Love Lucy episode when uh, Lucy steals his footprints out in front of the theater and like they break them or whatever, okay, and, so. then, and then they have to they get John Wayne to make more, which is like a celebrity appearance, which yeah. the show had tons of, so like, in have, the Hollywood season. Have you ever actually watched any of his movies, or... Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, or, way back so. in the day, or whatever. So. You're referencing oh. I've never seen before. I've never seen anything like right. that, so... I remember what we were talking about. It was the 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 guy in Full Metal Jacket, uh, the the guy who wound up uh, killing uh, Arlie Ermey in the bathroom, or whatever. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've, Full Metal Jacket's a great movie. I've probably seen it beginning and end twice, only twice. Yeah. So you don't need to, It's like Platoon. I only need to see that once every 20 years. Tom Berger, man. Platoon's a great movie, but I mean, it kind of like, it kind of like, granted, I was only a coastie stateside for six years and I had a great time with my feet mostly on a desk, even when our boat was, whatever. I, when I, when I watch the movie Platoon, I kind of like get into it way too much just to be like, oh my Christ, like these poor boys. I mean, just like, it just, I remember as I posted on Twitter a long time ago, I, or a month ago, I said, I watched Hurt Locker and Platoon in the same day. I'm like, whew, I'm all sweaty. Like, <laughs> this was a good day. But um, but the but in Full Metal Jacket, it's another movie that's like Jaws. It's a long movie, but it's a two-parter. Because the first half of Jaws, they're on land. Second half, they're on the boat. Um, in Full Metal Jacket, the first half of the movie, they're in uh, boot camp. Second half, they're in NAM. And uh, it was it was the well, the whole point I was trying to make was the uh, the fat kid, essentially in boot camp, who went crazy. He might have been Kowalski. That's why I'm not trying to I'm not trying to fuck this up. But uh, but but, but God, I haven't seen the movie in so long. Anyways. He was considered, my whole point I was trying to make was he was considered like the fat guy or the obese guy in the, like this 1980s affair uh, that they made in the movie. And ultimately, if you look at him like by today's standards, it's like, oh my God, he's, he's not overweight at all. Like that, it, like, I mean, nah. it's, it's like standards for how, like I, I mentioned it just because you were talking about how big John Wayne was. Yeah. Or whatever. It's like standards are different in this day and age in terms of like what was fat, what was overweight, what was considered not necessarily like sexy or trim or like acceptable because I know a lot of gay men in Hollywood, they're on the record of saying, if you're a gay man and you're not skinny, you're fucked. Because yeah. if you're overweight and you're a homosexual male, you're toast. And don't ask me how I know that. My mother has, she's a lesbian. I have carte blanche in the community. So frig off, everybody. What are you looking up on your phone? Well, I, I was going to go into this in a minute, but you go back to the movies making people smaller or bigger. And if they did that with Lord of the Rings, with with, uh, with all those, they made them look smaller. Don't throw your drink in my face. I've never know. seen Lord of the Rings. Well, that's okay, but they they made 
the Hobbit's look smaller. And oh, I know what you're talking about. The though. guy that played Frodo is is not a small guy at all. You know, but they made him. How tall is he? I know the he's, actor he's, you're he's about. He's got to be at least six foot. But, to, to, but uh, the Hobbits are supposed to be four foot nothing. So they right. had to make them look smaller compared to someone like uh, uh, John luc Picard. Or the guy that played Gandalf. Um, John luc Picard. No. Patrick Stewart. Pat, no, it's not Patrick Stewart. You're thinking of somebody else. I know. That's what I'm trying to. I'm pissing off all um, the people who already just got pissed that I said I don't. I, I never seen Lord of the Rings or read the books. I don't slander them. I don't. Hmm. I just never. Those are the same people who might not have gotten into Star Wars, and I'm not going to bitch them for getting into Star Wars or Star Trek. Yeah. I'm a Trekkie and a Star Wars fan. You don't it's find that, that hybrid. I, I, hey, yes. You too. Me, me too. That's what that's what we're going to hey, talk about so soon. I'm a huge Star Wars guy, but I am also a huge Charlotte Picard fan. I am a Next Generation guy. Do you I like don't to read like old literature? Sort of. Well, I mean, this is okay. This is that's a very dumb and very open-ended question, but I mean, he was John Luke Picard was based off of um, uh, Captain Hornblower or, or novels by that guy or whatever. So I mean, if you yeah. look him up, that was who that was who Patrick Stewart was studying to become John Luke Picard because yeah. it's so weird. The original I explain this to all my friends all the time. Like the original series, it's so interesting how it gained a following. It, cult classic by Caddyshack. It's so interesting how it gained a following based off of the original series had three seasons, only three seasons, and did revolutionary things TV wise, and then it was gone. Yeah. It was gone. And then they made some shitty movies. And then all of a sudden, so, the next generation came up, and it's just like, whoa, this is a new thing. People are scared of it. But that was the best goddamn I, series. I don't like the original Star Trek. I especially hate the movies they did, especially the movie they did when they were rescuing the fucking space whale. Don't say the... Don't. Okay. You, okay. You know what? I tangent on tangent. Gloves are that. fucking off right I now. Hated it. That movie is not only the best Star Trek movie of all time, it is... It is in my top 10 in 6 through 10. Oh it is a God. hidden comedy. No. It is laden. Why don't you like it? it why don't it, you like it? it, was, it was Open your mind, but tell it, me why don't you like it. It was the fact that they were trying to rescue these fucking whales. It just it's absurd, isn't it? it didn't it's preposterous. Star Trek to me. It didn't. Okay. Here, here, you probably only saw it once or twice, right? In a long time ago or whatever. It's not, Multiple you, times. Well, uh, why? Okay, I was about to say, if you don't like the movie, you probably haven't seen it multiple well, times. Why would you watch it multiple just times? Because I'm not the one that's got it on the TV. It doesn't mean somebody in my house or friend doesn't have it on. Fair. So okay. That's just what we have to watch because they like it or whatever. So it's like if, if if you invite me over to watch Star Trek and you like that movie, we'll watch it. Oh, yeah, because I'm going to watch it. We always you. have a Star Trek IV yeah. uh, show party <laughs> every single time. Right. No, listen. So, I mean, okay, listen. The, the the thing about that movie is I was even talking about this movie to a coworker this morning or, or yesterday. I mean, it's it, it's it, it's weird because like the Star Trek movies, like once uh, they did Star Trek Three, the search for Spock when he died in the second spoiler when he died, Spock died at the end of uh, too, the, soon. too soon, <laughs> too soon. Leonard Nimoy got radiation poisoning at the end of Wrath of Khan. Excuse me. Khan! Indeed. Oh, sorry. Uh, oh, wait, hold on a second. I want to remember. <laughs> I got to write that down because I got some funny to say about that con <laughs> reference. Um, it was, you had Star Trek 1, the motion picture. Yeah. Crap. I mean, I'm, I know what they're trying to do. Star Wars just came out and they're just, or like it was, they were, it's kind of like how two Volcanoes movies yeah. come out at the same time. Two Earthquake movies come out at the same time. They're jockeying for a box office yeah. position. Star Trek, the motion picture for what it was and on paper wasn't bad but when watching it it's just one of those movies where i'm like wow i wish there was streaming service back in the 70s because this would have been one where it's like i'll wait till it comes home I'm, yeah. i don't need to see this in the movie screen star trek 2 the wrath of khan if you just take that alone by itself as, an, uh, as a star trek movie or just as a movie 
action. Now, I do like Wrath of Khan. I do like that one, especially a lot more now, than Wrath of Khan. Now, in terms of how the stupid little timeline of like what Wrath of Khan is, Star Trek <laughs> to the movie is, do you know what it is, really? Like the story of Khan from the original series? Wow. It's a sequel to a random one-time episode that starred Ricardo Montalban as, uh, as yeah, that was, that was, Talk that's Khan, that's Khan. That Ricardo Montalban's Khan. I thought yeah. about him being Khan. I just like saying Montalban. Right. But uh, but anyways, um, so Star Trek II is a great action movie on its own, and it's a sequel based off of one, one rando original series episode, which was a decent episode, but it was yeah. all about, like, I mean, these augments, these superhumans, essentially, once they realize what a starship is and get on a starship, they take over the starship and go places or whatever. And then Spock dies at the end of two. So then things get weird in terms of, now we're, it's like the Matrix, where it's like, guess what? Now we're making three movies, so the story has to take some slow, long twist and turn. Star Trek, read the search for Spock. Ugh. Make, but it make, it's not a bad movie altogether, but it makes sense in terms of this is chapter two in this four chapter series, blah, blah, blah. And then Star Trek four, The Voyage Home. It's so funny because it looked to me like, oh my God, we ran out of ideas and we ran out of like set money. So we're just going to go to present day wherever we're filming, which is California in the mid eighties. Not necessarily a cop out per se, but it is. But once I, once I tackled the notion of the plot of that movie, let me know when you're on another one. I kind of really took it to another absurdist fashion, like, uh, like as like to say a science fiction reader in that the whole point of the movie was a probe sent from wherever came to earth directly because it, it stopped right there and pointed at earth and it started transmitting its signal, which just so happened to be humpback whale sounds. But at the time it came to earth in like 2288, whenever the movie was uh, meant to take place, humpback whales were extinct. Yeah. But we didn't know it because they're sitting there going like eh, eh, over the like the loudspeakers causing typhoons. And you saw the movie. Uh, this is just for the people who haven't. But I mean, it, it, and then just all of a sudden, Kirk, as he's trying to get home, like realizes the, the real stupid part of the movie is like shooting around the sun like they did. That theory mathematically works, but obviously it's never been tested before. So we don't know if the, that fucking works. I mean, that, I think that's what they pointed out in the movie was they're going to attempt time travel. And if you hit the speed at a certain time, they hit their point like. 200 years prior it was in san francisco which yeah. is where starfleet uh starfleet's headquartered too throughout like history of like, the canon of star trek but um long story boring they find the whales transport them on the ship bring them back turns out the whales like when the probe starts turning up the whales start turning up and talking i mean i think it's very when it comes to that it's ridiculous i wouldn't say it's bad writing because i'd be like man it's one of those things where if i was a smoking pot at the time in my life i'd be like you guys are eating a lot of hot brownies when you guys came up this is like a rick, this is a rick and morty movie except it's just really boring we're not, we're not going there no what i'm saying is just like with the heady twists and turns they make yeah. that's what star trek for the voyage home is to me where it's just like this has got a lot of fun shit going on but it's also a slow burn of nothing yeah but, th but just seeing these people from the future deal with people from the past where these people from the future don't know what money is they're dressed in the clothes that they're wearing in the future like they're like time travelers and like they don't even understand how cursing works it is uh, hilarious i mean just it, just all the verbiage is back and forth it's an unintentional comedy to me that's why not only is my favorite star trek movie i put it like in my top 10 yeah. for sure i can understand how if you could be a trekkie or you're into like stuff that's more oriented with like the whole nuts and bolts that is the whole point of star trek this is a really this is the Tokyo Drift of Star Wars, of Star Trek movies. Like yeah. it's the one offshot spinoff where it's just like, okay, this has nothing to do with space and space stuff, but they do have to use space to go back in time to get these big sea creatures and then use space to go back. Yeah. Okay, but still at the same time, it's a it's a romp. 
it's 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 a funny yeah. it's a funny story. So I, I want to go back to what you said about Ratha Khan being a sequel to a one-time episode appearance, or just an episode because yeah. they really didn't have two three seasons. They didn't have so, much time to get anything. I, I, I want to pick your brain a little bit on your Star Wars side here. So I don't know if you kept up with the Mandalorian or not. I'm, you I'm as aware as everyone talking about it. I have not seen any. Okay, so there the, might be a little spoiler here for you. I'm trying to no, no, no. Anything. Hey, listen. To, for the record, I and people, a few people might have heard this. I don't care about spoilers. Yeah. If I didn't see so, it when I should have seen it, fucking my fault. Yeah. Tell me. I'd actually so, rather be caught up in conversation. And the Mandalorian, the Mandalorian has his fucking rifle with a prong on the end. That it only showed up in Star Wars lore one time. It was from a Christmas special in 77 or 78 when they did the cartoon of fucking Boba Chat. It was when Chewie went back for Life Day or life something. Day. Yeah. So it's like this Happy guy, Life Day, buddy. They did a cartoon <laughs> of him riding the fucking Blockosaurus, Boba Fett, in a cartoon for that special episode. And he had okay. that fucking gun. I didn't know That's the cartoon That's the only part. time that they showed that gun and he's got this gun in the Mandalorian. Yeah. It's like, okay, who the fuck actually watched that Christmas special and actually liked it? John Favreau, he loved oh, yeah. he loved the oh. Christmas special. Well, I was going to say, but I, I was about to say about a lot of people, but no one knew that about the gun, and that was the only time it showed up in any Star Wars. Great Easter egg. That's yeah. really really good. Yeah, it's it's, it's random as hell. It's the only isn't, time ever saw isn't it. the most Easter eggy character ever? Now we have this show with Mandalorian. I mean, isn't it Boba Fett? I mean, in terms of like the you you know how George and, Lucas fell in love with him, right? Yeah. He just essentially walked on set for the first time in uniform, and George just, just like you know, he, he just had a wet dream, like just sitting right there. It was yeah. badass. It was supposed to be a one-time, one-off in one fucking movie, and rightfully so. And everybody so. fell in love with it. Rightfully not so. Not just him, but all the fans fell in love. With I'm it. not saying Boba Fett looks great, but compared to all the other things George Lucas created, fuck yeah, Boba Fett was yeah. cool. The, and, yeah. the, and and the, this is a spoiler. Sorry for anyone that has not watched it out there. I, I think if you haven't seen it yet, you're not the Mandalorian. It. They brought Boba Fett back. Boba Wait. Fett is back. Like, like he didn't Django die. Yeah. He oh, did not yeah. die in the Sarlacc pit. He got <laughs> out of the Sarlacc pit. Wait a second. Okay, I'm running down right now. And Have you seen the Parks and Rec episode where Patton Oswalt talks about that? Uh, okay, keep going. Okay, I wrote so, it down here, but keep so going. So supposedly Boba Fett died because he fell out of the Sarlacc pit in Return of the Jedi. He did not die. They brought him back into the Mandalorian. He's still alive and living on Tatooine. What's an easy he doesn't have his armor anymore. He actually lost his armor, and the guy that's it was uh, the guy that oh, I can't remember the name of the show. Anyways, Dash Rendar, uh, a very famous character in what is now the Star Wars lore and from some of the books that were actually written by the guy that lives in Bandit. Oh, um, I didn't know a guy did yeah. that because I I'm actually hip to a couple Star Wars after books, so Return of the Jedi. This guy from Banner wrote a shit ton of novels. What flavor you want? What surprised me? Surprise! Yeah. So he wrote a bunch of novels that have a lot of these guys that are in the Star Wars lore now, being used by Disney. Uh-huh. But anyways, this guy gets the armor, and to, Tobias Morrison, who is playing Boba Fett, who played Jango Fett in the fucking prequels. Tobias Tomorrow's Morrison played okay. Jango in the in the prequels. Okay, he's playing Boba Fett because he's. Basically, a clone of Django. That's all he is. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm he's hit, actually he's dressed show. as a sand person, as a fucking Tuscan Raider. He's got the fucking Giffy staff. Oh, and really? one of the episodes, it shows the two sons from t- uh, Tatooine, and all of a sudden you see Tamaris Morrison sitting up with the Giffy staff. She hunts down the Mandalorian to get his armor back. So they brought oh. Boba Fett back, which is That's cool sweet. as shit. That's sweet. And Tamorison is this badass Samoan guy that's just 
just ripped out of his gore. Played by Jason Momoa, or no, oh no. Well, I don't know any big ripped Simone guys. The Rock is he played by The Rock? No, it's oh. Tamora Morrison. Tamaris Morrison. Tamaris Morrison. Like I said, I haven't seen the show. I'm not sorry. But it's cool that they brought Boba Fett back. People are all skeptical back. I don't want to see him back. He's always dead when I was a kid watching the movie or whatever. All of a sudden, they bring him back in. It's fucking bad. Yeah, but but uh, but in uh, Star Wars Episode Two, once they showed like uh, um, the clones and how they were produced, or whatever, I yeah. kind of look and once they they said it was based off of Jengo's. Uh, uh, DNA or whatever. Yeah. Right away when I heard, when I thought that, I'm just kind of like, oh, this whole multiple Boba Fett thing, it's the real Boba Fett, whether he yeah. stayed alive or not or whatever. This can, it's kind of like Star Trek, the Chris Pine movies with the red matter or whatever. It's yeah. like, oh, now you so, open up the alternate timelines, we could do anything. The little kid, Boba Fett, and the prequels yeah. was actually what Django decided, hey, I want to have a clone, but yeah. not be yeah. altered in any way to be a, a trooper. He just wanted it to be a son. Yeah. So that's who Boba Fett was was in the original films. Oh yeah, I know. I the Starlight Pit, but now he's now now he's getting his own spinoff series. I did hear that the book of Boba Fett. He, oh, that's so sweet. When when uh, it's got a great title. When um all the big slug dude, forgive me for going Jabba the Hutt. Jabba the Hutt died in Return of the Jedi. His right hand man took over. Casey Peters also been on this show. We've mentioned everyone who's been on the show already. Uh, Casey Peters who was trying to not spoil things for me two months ago when The Mandalorian was on, he showed me some footage. He's like, are you just going to bother you? I'm like, no. And he, his name was Bib Fortuna. Bib Fortuna. And, uh, and uh, yeah, he showed me how, like, he walked in and I looked at him, I said, pause. And I was like, catch me up a second. I pointed and he's just like, yeah, that's Jabba's right-hand man. I'm like, oh, interesting. Okay, cool. When but Luke, when spoiled Luke, for whatever. I don't care. Let's yeah. keep going. When, when Luke first came to Jabba's palace and yeah. Return of the Jedi, that's the guy that opened the doors and he was doing his mind tricks. Oh, yeah. That's not the original actor, but the guy that played Bit Fortuna and the prequels. Okay. The same guy 20 years because ago. Because he was popping up all over the place. Yeah. yeah. I got, but it's oh. cool that, that Boba Fett is now in charge of fucking... The hut, the hut, hut, hut gang. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a yeah. complete different, different series on it now. That would be a very, very interesting story to follow. Absolutely. Because, uh, I mean, that's that's just how, like, organized crime works in the uh, in the outer rim, so to speak. But before we got way off track, that I was going back to work, you know, the Wrath of Khan, which just, there was just one episode back in the 60s of Khan, and they made a freaking movie out of it. Or they're doing the same thing with random one-off freaking things in Star Wars. Like oh, the sure. Gun. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but and not to mention, um, Star Wars: Wrath of Khan has been rebooted in uh, Into Darkness. Yeah. And and have you seen that? No. Um, oh no, dog. If you if you and listen, look at me. If you care any interest whatsoever, and if you like Wrath of Khan or what have you, that's the peach you like. Oh, yeah. If you care about Wrath of Khan whatsoever, <laughs> oh, yeah. They they were. Hey, did you know they rebooted? They rebooted Wrath of Khan. It's called Into Darkness, not the light. No, but uh, Benedict Cumberbatch plays Khan, and it's perfect. And it's really in terms of all the Chris Pine Star Trek movies okay. that came out, they're all pretty good. This one is. On this one stands alone, tall. On that note alone, I have to watch it because Cumberland is Doctor Strange. Cumberbatch. I'm a Marvel guy. So Doctor Strange is huge for me right now. Oh, so yeah. now I've got to watch it just for him. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Um, um, before we get too off track, I want to go back to the golf movies where we started this random. Well, wait, we will in a second. I, 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 got, I got these two things written down just about like how, oh, okay. about, the, about the Mandalorian and Khan. So do you, have you ever watched Parks and Rec? A little bit, yeah. There's, there's one episode where Pat Oswalt, Patton Oswalt comes on and he um, filibusters at a meeting uh, and Leslie's like, oh no, he's filibustering and uh, Amy Poehler, the main character, and somebody... 
because that's say the show is being educational uh somebody just like what's a filibuster just to explain what he was doing it's like if somebody just doesn't yield their time on the floor they can just talk about whatever and he essentially was like uh talking about he said like and now uh i will read from my uh sign uh, my uh my fan fiction uh from uh for uh, star wars right after uh boba fett was eaten by the sarlacc monster and he proceeds to start telling the story of how like it's like scene exterior tatooine daytime the sand is blowing on the dunes and out of the pit of the sarlacc comes the the gauntleted maw out of the maw of the sarlacc comes the the mandalorian gauntlet he says that the mandalorian gauntlet of boba fett as he pulls himself up from the maw of the sarlacc or whatever and then and then they smash cut to much later and he's still going when they close or whatever that reminds (laughs) me of another one of those one-off things that unless you look closely to the original film Star Wars, what they, they ended up calling a new hope later down yeah, the road. Episode four. When yeah. C3PO and, and R2 first go to Tatooine, they're looking for Ben or Obi-Wan. And well, they were walking looking, they across were, they the were, desert. They were looking, well, R2 was, but they, R2 were looking, was. they were looking to get off that cruiser. Yeah. <laughs> so when they're walking through the desert, you see a giant skeleton of some kind. Yeah. That's but, what they call a crate dragon. Yeah. They brought it into the Mandalorian as a natural fucking creature. As that was the only it. thing you ever saw of that was the skeleton. It happened to be in one of the video games. Do you? You about said ten years ago. You said your Xbox guy. Yeah. Or, or do, have you ever yeah. played? Is Borderlands on Xbox? Yes. Have you played Borderlands? I have not. Okay. It's it's a fun game, but sometimes in the backgrounds they do show or like because the, the I like to think that like they skimped on extra detail, but to make everything else just like very interesting or smart or whatever. Like you're in a desert world and you'll like look out across like a canyon that you can't get to or whatever. And then you'll just see this, the bones of a creature where you're just like, that is a fish that is the size of the Empire State Building, but it's in the middle of a desert. So you're just kind of like, what the hell is that? It's just amazing. Yeah. The detail I mean, or the, the, the idea, the thought of that. So my favorite thing out of the whole series so far, other than the fucking baby Yoda, which blew my goddamn mind. That was which, sweet. Which we know now his name is Grogu and he was actually in the temple when Anakin killed all the fucking little kids in the prequels. Oh. He was he was there training, and he hid somewhere. Years ago, and someone took him off the planet. We don't know. Oh. Now he's with. So sorry for the spoilers, but Luke Skywalker <laughs> Stop is now apologizing for the spoilers. Luke Skywalker has taken Baby Grogu and is going to train, Perfect. which opens up a whole new. Oh, that but anyways, weird. the whole thing about that with the Mandalorian was we got an in-depth look of the Tuscan Raiders and what they really, really are. Oh, shout out Mark Reinbold. Uh, we're the Muskin Raiders when, yeah. we, when we cut on the putting green. <laughs> so, like, in the original films, they were always just these savages, you know, that were out in the desert in Tatooine just killing everything. They are more like our USA Native Americans. Well, that's what we do. We call them savages. They're sign language. Doing sign language. The Mandalorians are <laughs> doing sign language with the, and, like, trading with these people. Really? Like Native Americans here. Nice. And he's also doing another language. I'm like, but he's doing a sign language, like talking to these people. I'm like, that's cool as hell. Oh yeah, you know, that, very you know, Kevin Costner esque yeah. in uh, Dances with Wolves Dances type with stuff. Wolves. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did you did you know Tonka? <laughs> Tonka. Did, Tonka. Did you know that scene where the Tuscan Raider is like overlooking? He does the whole like he pops yeah. this gaff gaffy stick or whatever. Did you know that that was actually? Uh, he did that once. They like repeated it like four yeah. times. I just found that out like a few years ago. Did you know it's actually a toothbrush for the for the uh, the big woolly 
Oh no, I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, they but I mean, do that in the Mandalorian. He's fucking cleaning the team, the son of a bitch with the gappy stuff. Oh, I got. I'm you. like, you kidding me? It's been a toothbrush the whole time. Oh, I, I thought you were. I thought you were meaning like George Lucas's inventive saying, like, you know what? We uh, we we actually use this for the big real animals on set, like the horses. So uh, no. we're, we're, the thing we use to clean the armpits. Why don't we just put a stake on the end of it and a little uh, mace I, on the other end? And he just I, goes. I, uh, uh, I feel so bad doing this because I'm a big Star Wars guy and I'm having trouble remembering the name of the goddamn creature in the movie. After cleaning the, the the fucking big thing, do that. No. Oh no, a bantha. That's a bantha. 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 He's cleaning the bantha teeth with a goddamn gap stick. I'm like, are you kidding me? He's been a toothbrush for 45 years. Send people ride single <laughs> file to hide the numbers. And they do it. Mandalorian just. Why did it just sound like a? Was that like Holler job? <laughs> that was. Uh, <laughs> that was. I don't know. Uh, if we're going Beatles reference. John Lennon. Not, that was we're John. Not, we're it, not going that way. John Lennon I sounds like this. Paul McCartney sounds like this. But John, John I, I do, I do want to go back to the, the golf movie before I forget. And mm. I, this is what I've been looking at the whole time ahead, because yeah. uh, the greatest game ever played. Yes. The the remake, not the original. I had never seen the original, but with Shia LaBeouf. That's that there was a remake. remake? That, that was a remake. The Shia oh, LaBeouf was... version was a remake. Oh, oh, okay. like the sixties. I do. I'm not a fan of Shia LaBeouf. I think he's just an absolute prick. Well, if you watch the movie now, he's not going to die my ears. But the greatest game ever played is such an amazing movie. It and is. I the had greatest, to look up because the it greatest was, American sports but, story of all time. Yeah, because you know Francis Olmet was. That's why I had to look it up. So yeah. I forgot he was the first amateur to win the U.S. Open. Yes, ever back oh, yeah. in 1913, I think. 14. Yeah, or so, at least. Um, God, I, I don't want to fuck well, up either. I, I, I pride myself. I have two. Vintage, not yeah. the only two 13. pictures. The only two pe- thank, thank you, thirteen. Yeah, it was before it was, it was World right War One. It was a, at the Country Club, Brooklyn, yeah. Massachusetts. You've seen my podcast studio. Yeah. I have three black and white pictures in there. One's autographed by Byron Nelson to me, and then the other two aren't autographed, obviously, but they're both of Francis we met. Yeah. One of them is, is with him and his caddy Eddie Lowry, and the others of Francis <laughs> we met when he's much older with Walter Hagen, who is another guy yeah. I respect tremendously golf wise. I I don't like. Shy at all. I think he's a prick, but that was such yeah. a well-made movie. I mean, it really is a great movie. And it's it is. a lot of golf history in there. And it's pretty accurate to a certain degree. Like maybe some of the scores weren't accurate, but in terms right. of how the tournament turned out, yeah, it was pretty spot on. And yeah. I mean, t- maybe maybe the character of Ted Ray was a little overblown, but I mean that yeah. was kind of the thing that made the entertainment like you know fit like a glove just for entertainment well it, it made you think about how golf was back at the turn of the century back then like, what do you whereas mean? amateurs couldn't play the big tournaments at the time it wasn't allowed right but and still then but you I, got I, this guy comes in who's an, who's an amateur and comes in and wins the u.s open that was huge for them right now see i i see what you're saying now just to just to give you a little nugget of information that might help out that, when it comes to amateur and professional back in the 19s, that was strictly a status thing when it came beyond that. I really don't know much else. Until Walter Hagen came around in the 1920s, he golf pros were treated like the help. That, like, you see how, like, yeah. Harry Varden's treated in the movie a lot or whatever. Golf pros were treated like the help. And they were treated like how we treat tennis pros today. Ha ha. That's always my big joke is golf yeah. pros, we've ascended a little bit, and tennis pros are still down there picking their butts. Yeah. But um, ultimately, like, Walter Hagen, one of the big ingratiating things I like about him that's a story that nobody fucking knows is he went out to play a British Open in the 1920s and he went to go change in the locker room at the club and they're just like, oh no, Mr. Hagen, this is for members only. And he's just kind of like, he looked around and he's just like, 
you don't let the golf pros come in here, even when there's a tournament here, even the, the golf pros that are here and they're like yeah. that, that work here. They're just like, oh no, sir, this locker room is strictly a private affair. And essentially, Walter Hagen said, all right. And he rented a stagecoach, giant one, put it right on the front lawn of Carnoustie or wherever the fuck it was, and said, this is my locker room. Oh, and some of the other pros can come and join or whatever the very next day at that club. And then the very next day at clubs worldwide, golf professionals were allowed down in the locker rooms yeah. to be treated not as equals per se, but to be like, hey, you're the pro here. You work here. You work here every day. You can have a locker too. You can use the goddamn bathroom too, the showers too. Yeah. Walter Hagen, for all the, the the bluster that people know about him, especially from Bagger Vance or whatever. Yeah, he very much showed up like he was a trunk slammer, showed up at the last second. I can relate to that. I play good golf, not warming up and just walk. You've seen me yeah, walk well, the first season. I'm the same pairs. way. Well, but we at the Elks don't have a, uh, a viable warm-up facility, so to speak. Like, no. uh, like if we were to go to the resort, even if we were just just locals going to play for free, or if you're here on your trip, a lot of guys hit the range first. A lot of guys hit the range first. I just never, doesn't matter where I play, I'll roll some putts and hit some chips if I'm bored or there's too much time, but I just don't want to, I'll, I'll stretch out, I'll, I'll swing some full whatever, but I mean, yeah. but ultimately, Walter Hagen really embodied the golf professional and by that i mean the guys who are working and running the course ironically enough you know how uh, all the golf professionals wear uh slacks on the pj tour and yeah. like you know they see shorts in the practice rounds i learned recently that uh and i know a ton about this guy but i feel like i can't believe i just learned this recently but walter hagen essentially he started a clothing company it still exists and um he straight up was the one who like kind of because he helped the pga get founded the professional golf association and then then they did made the tour once tv became a thing but um he essentially made this rule that said hey if you want to play professional golf you need to wear stop wearing knickers and you need to start wearing slacks because that's the thing of the future yeah and it hadn't changed in 90 no 100 now yeah. 100 goddamn years well you talk about uh, uh clothing lines and and hogan ben hogan has been gone for quite a while now. Yeah. And he's got a clothing line out now that they sell at Walmart. I'd love to have because they're really nice shirts. And you've seen some of the stuff I've been buying lately. You know, the George line is what I really like. And I've been wearing, you know, I bought my slacks for playing your courses. You have to wear them out there. Not like mm. playing the elk, but we're out there in fucking cork boots and goddamn suspenders. Or, what, or more of or whatever you want. Yeah. Whatever you, know, you were wearing, or whatever's comfortable. I don't make a Keith Johnson reference here. Or your bare feet. No shoes. No, no shoes. <laughs> I knew you were going there. I didn't. Yeah. I had to cut you off because yeah. he's a he's a great man. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Hillbilly as hell, but great people. I mean, golf with no shoes on, people. Come on. And, and hey, that hey, hold on. To be fair, a lot of people do do that, like like professionals or whatever, or places where there's like nice grass, or you're not like where you don't have foot problems or whatever. You yeah. don't mind showing off your dogs. I mean, well, no, thank always, you. not the Elks. No, fuck that. We, we've always made a joke that it helps keep. You know, keep his feet down. He's digging his toes into the ground. Just keep him planted. You know? I know a lot of guys who vouch for like on Bermuda grass out in uh, Florida, where it's like you feel the grain and you feel the uh, the break a little bit more. And I'm saying, I look at that like saying like I can already read, do the putt ninety nine percent. I don't need ninety nine point nine. I'll take the ninety nine percent like of what I know, what I do, or whatever. So yeah, yeah. Well, I thought a guy had to tell me why he wears no shoes when he's golfing during the summer. That's because when he was a kid, they didn't wear shoes all the time outside. That's why. I think I've heard him say that before. Yeah. That's the reason. Yeah, the reason yeah, why they're right always been well back then, back in the day. You know, he's a kid from the from the sixties. You know. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And so they were always running around outside after dark and their bare feet. You know, mm -hmm. they had shoes, but he just didn't want to wear them. Oh, I got That's that. the reason why he doesn't wear shoes when he's golfing. I tell you, so <clears throat> and I'm completely off track. I forgot where the hell I was going. No, we, well, we were talking golf movies or whatever, but I got this written down here before I forget the reference. Uh, you ever watch Robot Chicken? 
Yes. Do you remember the one where they do two Kirks, a con, and a pizza place? No, I do not. <laughs> so obviously it's it's James Kirk, Captain Kirk, and and Khan, and then the other Kirk is Kirk Cameron because it was like I don't know there was that show called Two Guys, a Girl, and a Pizza Place. And it was starring a. Uh, I thought you were going somewhere else with that for a second. Nope, nope, nope. Uh, I was dead, but like, I'm out of this one. And Two Guys, a Girl, and a Pizza Place was. <laughs> Oh, I'm going to mess it all up, but it, it had some stars in it from back in the day. You, you should look it up. But anyways, they had a so robot chicken in perfect robot chicken fashion. You know how like a joke can like take a long time or it could be really short, but it just ends. The best one, one of my favorites from robot chicken was um, they, they had like, it was like two Kirk's a con and a pizza place. And they had the music going like it was like the entrance to a sitcom. <laughs> it showed them like, oh, somebody spilled something and smiled at the camera. Like somebody was like doing their job. They smiled at the camera or whatever. And they like have the whole intro and like starring Kirk Cameron, uh, Captain Kirk and Khan Noonien Singh. <laughs> and all of a sudden it cut like the music ends. It shows like the shot from the outside and then it goes to the inside and it shows uh, Khan is at the register serving some or like paying, paying somebody. And Kirk walks up, uh, James Kirk, Captain Kirk walks up with a, a tray with a drink on it. And Khan goes, you're change. And knocks over the drink with, it's on accident. And Kirk just goes, Khan! So, and everyone runs out of the pizza place. I've got a con story for you, but I don't know if I'm allowed to say this story here or not. I don't know. What what mean you mean a con story? I mean, it's it's a con story. But it's not actual con. It's something that happened to me in my life a few years ago. Okay. I don't know what that's our, a hell of a, that's a hell of a I segue. I don't know what our limits are here. The limits are, like I said, if you're not interested in your own politics, uh, like your political career from here on out, right. it doesn't matter. Your name's attached to this episode. I'm gonna like I'm gonna dive into the story. You'll like this, but I'm gonna pull a Nick on you right here. Sorry, Nick, to reference you, but I gotta go. You gotta go. I gotta. Oh. I gotta go. Oh, you gotta go drain the lizard. I gotta go. I gotta take a picture. That's okay. So you're gonna have to hold down the fork. Well, no. While there. you do that, I can I can do some sponsor reads or something. Yeah, there you go. Good. If only we could smoke inside, you know. Oh, first door on the right. There you go. What's broke? That's not true. No, that's gross. Yeah, close it all the way. Well, do you think I'm going to come in there? You think I'm going to come in there? I got to sit here and talk about stuff. But, uh, and by talk about stuff, I mean, uh, folks, you got to go to gorsegolf.com. Uh, if you go to Gorse Golf, you'll find some quality head covers for your uh, your golf heads, and uh, and you can put them on there so your kids don't stick them up their ass or something like that. And if you enter in the coupon code Bomb Squad Pod, all one word, you get an additional ten percent off a fine product. If you need head covers, most people don't, so don't buy them. I don't know. It's gorsegolf.com, bomb squad pod, all one word, forward slash, nah, nothing, you get 10% off, so, uh, I don't have good editing skills, so poor Cody is going to sit here and hear me talk, and talk about how I'm bummed out he, that, that sentence, that sentence doesn't make any sense, okay, that makes more sense, hmm. He said, uh, I'll buy a head cover. Hook me up. <clears throat> yeah, I'll, I'll get you the coupon code. Hey, we'll get, we'll get you a head cover with whatever picture you want on it. Two girls, one cup, you name it. Now, I was trying to avoid that one. I'm not where you're going. So. I know. Earlier, you were thinking that. Well, so, anywho. 
we should, I guess we should have done a piss break before because we're not going to be oh, recording much longer. But I've been napping for a while, so. Oh, that's that way. Oh, okay. That's why I'm over here. You know, <laughs> that's why you're all playing pocket pool and fidgeting over there, like you're playing the piano. All right. So if we're going to go into the story, so anyone local here knows of the bi. Yeah. It does not have a very good reputation, though it's getting a lot better. And it was pretty good at the time when I went in there. And I went in with my buddies just three or four years ago, just randomly decided to stop and, you know, do our thing, spend some money, drink some beer, whatever. And there was a gal in there that was dancing. And you know me, I like the thick thighs a little bit. You know, I, can I don't, like, don't like twigs, but I like girls that are a little bit thicker. Not too bad. Right. So this girl in there is super hot. I mean, really, really hot in my type. And she decided she wanted to play me a game of pool. The one was either if I lose, I pay for a dance, or if she loses, I get a dance for free. Yeah. I end up winning. Oh, no. I think he told me part of the story. Because so, I was just like, there's pool tables at the BI. I started talking, and this girl's a super nerd, and she's a super freaking Star Trek nerd. And Oh, in the keep, middle, keep, yeah, keep telling the story. I think you did tell me yeah, this a long time ago. I think I did, but in the middle, but I forget. Of, Go ahead. In the middle of the freaking pool game, she screams out, "Come!" Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. You just told me. I wanted I... to go buy a ring right then and there. But why didn't you? So we're but, talking but I know R&B, uh, hip-hop, I mean, that newer stuff, I just get that, that the loud 
speak to it, you know? Yeah. So this this really blew my mind. So I'm, I'm watching this girl on stage, singing out the screen, Con. And Con! all of a sudden, she's dancing to David Allen Coe's, You Never Even Call Me By My Name. Yeah, you told I'm me about like, that. I'm like, are that you is... fucking kidding me? And I've all, remember, we were, I think we were like standing next to number two green at the Elks when you were telling me this, because I remember looking at you going, that's like the fourth or fifth David Allen Coe song I can think about. That's the one she picked? Yeah. I was gonna say, wait a minute, wait a minute, hold on. We went from listening to fucking Cherry Pie by Warrant from the previous girl band, which is hot as fuck to dance to. I mean, it's Cherry Pie. It's one of if you play it now, Cherry Pie and uh, Pour Some Sugar on Me. Those are two. And if you play it now, the new generation fucking knows that shit. I saw a chick dance to uh, Boulevard of Broken Dreams once. It's pretty good. And I'm hearing people play dance to. Porn star dancing, which is a song that came out like four or five years yeah, ago. Yeah, I know what that is. But then we go to fucking David Allen Coe's. You never even come about my name. The only very few songs he was just straight country. It wasn't comedy, which is what he usually does. Oh yeah, well, and she made it fucking sexy. That. Oh yeah. Well, How do you make dancing to that song sexy? It just fucking worked. You go from screaming car, which really got me going. <laughs> then you dance to the fucking David Allen Coe. I'm like, dude, I gotta marry this girl. I mean, she's just fucking and so where, hot. So where are you at right now, Cody? Nowhere. Nowhere. Single as fuck. How long ago was? How long ago was this? <laughs> I'll go about five, six years ago. Mm. Plus, I, I mean, let's just get this. And she doesn't dance her anymore. I know this that's for a long, fat, that's that a was in her about ago. eight months ago. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say that's a long time ago. But let's get this out of the way real quick, just so we're not embarrassed, just in case we go long or whatever uh, when she gets here. But uh, are you on any dating apps that you want to share? I oh, mean, man. is there a certain type of lady that you're looking for that, out of the dozens of listeners that uh, are listening, maybe one could be one of uh, ovarian descent? Knowing my luck, out of the people that actually fucking listen to this, probably be the first time Farron actually listens to your fucking <laughs> podcast. He'd be the one that fucking <laughs> actually goes on to my dating's app. Like, hey, you want to go hook up? Ow. I mean, oh, you fucker. That, did, that was so... Oh, I can't even laugh anymore. That hurt. Oh. Oh. I, of all I the, mean, that, that would be oh. my life. Farron would fuck with me. Like, this is the one time he listens to your podcast. Oh he's never listened to He's before. never gonna... He doesn't listen to Jack Squat. I got him listening to your last one with Nick. Why? Because it was fucking hilarious. Okay, well, so I we're actually out well, on we... number five listening to it on my phone in the car. Like, did you get to listen to it? They were just fucking high and drunk I, as shit. I am, I am honored and flattered and all the above, but I mean, yeah, this, these aren't, but this, this isn't the coquille speedway. I gotta do better. I'm just saying, that would be my luck. Farron's actually listening. He hears you say that and it's like messaging me saying, hey, baby, what's going on? Oh, God's hey, sakes. Hey, For God's sake. You want to pay my car? So, but you've been beating his ass lately. What's the state uh, of your golf game right now? Right now is the fact that he's playing like shit. Well, he usually plays like shit. That's I mean, lucky, he but playing you, like shit. you've been playing how many years? Not that many. I mean, and you're getting better with each week. Well, a lot more than you actually think, because I played two years in high school at Myrtle Point on the high school okay. team. Okay. I quit playing for several years. Right. But, you know, I've been playing quite a bit. I mean, that, a well, lot that, more so lately. That's what I've been telling the pack, um, the pack, the pack crew. I've been telling them that you, uh, and, and forgive me, I can tell you this right now. So it, so it's not to say like I ever spread bad info about you or whatever, but I was essentially saying, oh, yeah, my buddy Cody, I've known him for a few years. He's only been golfing seriously for a few years. Yeah. And and maybe that be, might be an inaccurate representation as far as you're concerned. But in terms of what they need to hear, yeah. I felt like this is appropriate so, because it, it's kind of like with the Brand Brewer situation in the bunker. Like yeah. before I actually talked to Brant because he didn't talk to anyone four days after it happened and he called me. I started taking up the post, the position saying, well, Brad might be new to golf. He might not know the rules, blah, 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 whatever. And then he called me. He, and he, 
he was a grown man bawling to me over the phone saying i know the fucking rules jerry i know the fucking rules i was sitting there going like well shit then we just chalk it up to a brain fart but the poor guy i painted a certain way saying like hey go easy on the kid he's a dumbass or whatever you know in this case i didn't say that many words but i was buttering them up to be like hey this guy could be a good fit or whatever just let him give him the chance to grow yeah so check this out i didn't really start playing real heavy until the first time I started playing with you guys at Scrambles at the Elks. It was you, was that Jeremiah, about? Farron, and Butch. It just so happened, because a lot of times when I was playing it, I just, bugs would put me wherever. I yeah. didn't care. Put me with whoever. You guys had an open spot. See, and, and, with you guys. and when I met you, we That's started bantering or whatever, I, I thought you had more of a rapport with those other guys. No. I mean, but that can always happen. That was ways. the first time I had met Farron, Butch, and Jeremiah. I never knew who you guys were before that. that and, and to me, like, I love Farron to pieces, but I mean, it's like, that was probably like the fourth or fifth time I'd seen or hung out with Farron since I moved back in 2018. Yeah. Like, he, when he said he wants to make me an officer upstairs, I was just kind of like, you don't even know me, dog. Yeah. Like, I mean, what the hell's well, going on? The first time at Scramble, it just clicked. That was the night that I eagled number two. Drove over the green, behind the green, in between Mike and Keith's cars that were still on the green ahead of him. Cause I'm always going, you know me, I'm always yeah. going fucking right to number nine green. I hit it straight over the fucking, in between you, the you, cards. You've only done that once lately. You're getting better at that. That's what I mean. Like, I that's why I say, what's the state of your game? I mean, I eagled two the other day. And you know what, how you're asking 40 me, yards out, chipped it, it in. It wasn't a dumb question when you asked me, hey, how do you clean your golf clubs? I was more over like, yeah. finally, the kid's going to keep clean his golf clubs. I finally. needed to. It was so bad. I, I get, you know what, my uncle said, said it, and it's not just like, you know, family hand-me-down information or cliche or whatever, but I mean, it's ultimately uh, good advice, and it always stuck with me. Maybe it's placebo effect, what everybody said, like, make sure your grooves are clean because that will – clean grooves will, like, take five strokes off your score immediately, no matter yeah. who you are. And I'm just – not just because I'm a caddy. I'm meticulous like that. You've seen me on my bag and on my jacket when I work. I have that little zip, that, that, little, that old brush. I borrowed the other day when we were golfing. You didn't see it, but I was like, well, he's I, doing it. I mean, I should do that too. I use your towel all the time. No, I mean, you're a little fucking scrubby. Yeah, you use my brush. I use yeah. a towel all the time. I know. It doesn't I, matter. I see it. it depends on what side it. we're on. Yeah. I don't care if you see me. No, that's the thing. <laughs> they showed it was clean. I know it's a good towel. That's why I use it. I gave it to you, motherfucker. Exactly. Right. Yeah. You want to I'm, I'm over here with a fucking Dutch Creek skinny towel I paid $12 for at Dutch Creek. Nothing against their, their golf course. I'm damn nice oh. golf course, which you and I need to go play. We need to go play that, yeah. Uh, what it is player, a beautiful. What you, want? you know what? I am going for one of those right there. All right, cool. I'm going to open one of these little shot fireball things. I'll have one with you. And uh, if you if you'll incline me. But since I've been playing with you and Farron and, and Jeremiah, I've been learning a lot from you guys because I didn't care about my score. I just wanted to hit golf balls. That's what I wanted to do. And have, golf have you noticed us ever give you like swing tips or be like, no, you need to do this? Other than me saying, like, yeah. hey, slow down or keep your head down. Once in a while, I tell you twice around, yeah. maybe that. So between you and Farron, and sometimes Jeremiah no shit. Farron knows a little bit. He knows a bit, but if he if bit. he knew more, he'd apply it. He's to a better his little body. So I'm gonna listen. And I can admit to it. He's See, a better golfer. Right now, you guys are Xing right yeah. now. That's the thing. Yeah. He, he's going down so, and you're going up right at the exact moment. And, and Jeremiah hasn't really been around a whole lot lately. So I I, I tend yeah, to watch when he that. plays, yeah. you know, when we're playing together, because him and I played over at Q's where I took money from him and Farron that one. They're not Q's, but crossing. I took money from Jeremiah and fucking Farron. So I I eagled fucking, what was it, like 12 or something like that? Really? Long, long par five. I went. At crossings? I went 265 with my two wood off the tee box. Oh, that two wood? Then went the rest of the way with it with my two. I went two wood, two wood putter. Incredible. And eagled it. 
I think I don't know if I've ever had a crack at eagle on that hole. Yeah. Like I've had some chips, but never a putt. I took five bucks from from Jeremiah and Barrett. Wow, very. And cool. I was playing like shit before that. Very cool. But I've also been listening. You know Burton very well. Burton's yeah, a damn Burton. good golfer, and I've been because he's he's that's who helped Keith out. Keith's been playing so good because of Burton. Mm-hmm. Keith was like me; he played like garbage when he first started playing again. But we listened to Burton. Burton tries to help out, and I watch what Burton does, and he's helped me out quite a bit. So I've been learning, you know, as much golf as I play, I'm still learning all the time. Oh, of course, and, it's it's always be osmosis, and the more you're at it, you'll know. And, and that's what I told the pro at Pacific when I got this job. I told Kevin, "Hey." I've been around for a while. I've been doing greenskeeping. I know the rules. I've been around golf, play all the time. I've said, hey, I'm going in with this mentality. I'm always learning. So Good. Good for you. Hey, so always, salute. Always learning. Shot a fireball. Oh. Mm. <sighs> tastes like candy. It tastes like Christmas. Tastes like it's Christmas. All year round. Absolutely. So, but, uh, oh, so is there anything else? Oh, I'm, keep going. Keep going. Uh, there's a lot of places that we need to go play. Um, it sounds like I may be going Eastern Oregon to play with Farron and Jeremiah for Jeremiah's birthday next month. I have not heard any invitation whatsoever, and that guy asked me about Gearhart. Bullfrog, I know you're listening. What the shit is going? No, I'm kidding. Well, what, what's, what, what's the Farron did so? What's, oh, see, there you go. There um, you go. There's that road. It sounds I, like he's my favorite road. I love it. It sounds like they're making the. Uh, Fair face. That's fucking Frank Burns from MASH. See, yes, see. Okay. MASH reference. There, there we go. go. I like Bullseye. it. Hawkeye. Well, there you go. I fucking love that show. Great show. What what what, what was the what was the whole setup? What did they invite um, you to? Well, it sounds like they're going golfing at a resort or something like that back here. I can't remember the name of the golf course, but it's in Eastern Oregon. And they're gonna make a trip out of it. Well, it's to be fair, like I, there's like five guys going. To be like. fair, I bet you it's Central Oregon. I, I it sounds like it's Eastern Oregon. Well, but but I'm, I'm just not that I'm don't quote me on that. not that don't I'm educating you or other people yeah. in terms of uh, like uh, golf in Oregon. Yeah, we like to refer to anything east of us at the Cascades like as Central. Eastern Oregon. No, as Eastern uh, Oregon. But if you look at where Bend is, Bend. I've told people this all the time. If Oregon was a dartboard, Bend's the fucking fifty point bullseye. Always yeah. is. So to be fair, it's Central Oregon. They do have the eastern conditions, obviously, because it's like yeah. very cold. Oh, God, I'd love to live in Central Oregon so much, Absolutely. but I. Well, you know me. Maybe I don't need to golf in the wintertime, but I need to at least be around golf. Well, and we do it anyway. It's like us here. We're playing at the Elks where it's just slop, no, no, drop, no. pitch slop out here. Dude, yeah, but it's it's 4,500 feet up there. There's snow on the yeah. ground for at least a month or oh, and two. Oh, I, I would love to play in the snow. That'd be fun. Ah, have you ever done it before? No, I would ah. love to. Uh, That's when you get the blade, blaze orange you know balls You out. would like it. You yeah, would like it. I, I would. Oh, I hate it because I, I don't know. But oh. There's a lot of courses I want to play. I got a chance to play in Rosewood Country Club with Farron here a couple months yes, ago. Yes, a course that you played. Amazing, I have. amazing course. I'd love to go back again because that was in fun. Your eyes. And it really was fun. And we've, we've discussed going down to Florence and playing those courses. I've heard good things about those courses. Let's, we should do a golf date um, very soon and go up to the course I always call Sand Pines. That's, yeah, that's the, what Farron the artist formerly known as Sand Pines. Yeah. Forest golf links now. We I, still whatever. have plans. Farron and I discussed it about possibly getting you and Jeremiah to go with us going down to Medford and playing Eagle Point. That'd be fun. But we want to make a golf trip because I want to take you guys down to Dutcher Creek and Grants Pass at the same time. Play two courses, you know. That'd be tough to do the same day. Well, no, we'll do it two days. We'll stay, go down and play uh, Eagle Point and stay, 
and just get, we talked about getting a cab and just get drunk off our asses at the goddamn golf course. That's a good idea. Just get a cab, you know, then there's go Uber play, down there. There's that and then Uber go here. play Dirt Creek because I think you guys would really love Dirt Creek. There's a short 98 yard par three there, slightly downhill. That's just cool as shit. You ever play Sunset Bay? No. Well, we should go out to Sunset Bay one of these days or yeah. whatever, just like to just a horse around. I mean, it's a nine hole course, right? It's nine, and they just built three new ones, okay. which I don't know what they're doing because ultimately, you want another one of those? No. Uh, yeah, yes. we're, we're wrapping soon. Yes. Well, <laughs> what, what flavor you want? Okay. You know what? I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm going to do something for you. Give me the black cherry. You want the black cherry? He wants the binding. Hey, we'll, we'll, we'll do something for Jerry Lou here. You the know? black cherry. If he doesn't like cherry. it, it's mine. Oh, I'll finish it. I just, I'll just hate it the whole time. Fucker. No, fuck you. That tastes Little good. Fucker. That thing, that thing. <laughs> I got, I got nipples. Can you milk me? Can you milk me, Greg? <sighs> I got nipples, Greg. Um, Tell me what you think. What does That's that taste horrible. like? It's horrible? horrible? I'm going to drink it, but it's horrible. Are you serious? Yeah. I can get you another one. I'll have no, it. No, I'm going I'm to drink I'll it. I'll have it. No. I'm the type of guy, even though I don't like it, well, I opened it. Well, you I'm drink you it. called it. You yeah. don't like the artificial black yeah. cherry flavor because, like I said, I've never eaten the black I, cherry. I, I, I like the artificial chance, flavor. So. You yeah. did. I'll drink it. I mean, I yeah. opened it. I'm gonna drink it. So. You don't look like you're suffering, but I don't want to think like you are. Yeah, it's. I don't like the taste of it. I just. I mean, like I've had black cherry fucking. You got a YouTube channel, don't you? I got two of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, one I don't really use anymore because it kind of fails. Okay, hold on a second. I'm really sorry. I've gotten two different texts from people saying if I'm asking if I'm driving Bones, one of Bones' cars. <laughs> oh, God. Is he, you I'm sorry. Tell, tell me about the two YouTube channels. I, that's um, just uncanny. Well, you know about my mode detecting one. It's Oregon Coast Adventures. Um, I'm big into the metal detecting, so old coins and any history that's in the ground I love to find, especially local history, which I have some out of Coquille here. I actually found a token from Bill's place, which is local in Tokyo. It's been shut down for about twenty years. Oh um, yeah, the uh, oh my god, the, the uh, who was be, I talking to had an original something from Bill's place yeah. out at the club? Who was that? They, well, um, somebody used to own it. That's a member hours. I can't remember who it was, but I got a token for Bill's place that was made in the nineteen forties. Out of my buddy's oh, really? front yard in, in Myrtle Point. Oh, it was you tell me about that. Yeah, it was the old Bill's place yeah. token. I it was the oldest establishment in Coquille before it closed down 20 years ago, I think, or something like that. It was a pretty cool bar. You can actually find YouTube videos of it on, on YouTube, of Bill's place. But um, I really don't do a whole lot with that channel anymore. I just, I kind of gone to my, my latest hobby, which you know, I'm a big time nerd. So vintage action figures from the 90s and 80s, which is what I collect, Funko Pops. Yeah, um, stuff like that. I'm a big Marvel guy, I'm a big Ghost yeah. Bar, Ghostbusters guy. So I got a huge collection of that shit. And I kind of faded out my metal detecting stuff. And I started the YouTube channel for my nerd stuff, which was uh, Oregon Coast Toy Fanatics or something like that. I think I started was the YouTube. And I kind of kind of just stopped doing that after like four or five videos because it just really was not taking off very well as, as much as I would like to have. And I've put out a couple of videos from metal decking two years, last two years, I've put out maybe three videos. There can't be too many people who are putting out those um, videos, right? Or you know, well, I was going to say, you probably know better. Like I said, some guy was just telling me that I was catting in the same group. He's like, you look like that guy on, yeah, on, on, on YouTube who's a, a metallurgist, like silver chart, he, chartist, chartist. You know that what that word means? 
it was something called like the, the 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 we have to look it up later. He said silver chartist. He's like I look like or some still like that guy. Yeah. Don't um, look it up now. Fuck that. No, Fuck I'm that just guy. Time, so. I I hate saying he's probably listening to this podcast right now. I don't remember his name per se yeah. but he wasn't my golfer but um, but i told him to listen to this podcast he probably is so if, no i'm not saying fuck off i'm just saying i we're not looking yeah. up right now if you were to look up just just type in metal detecting videos and on youtube my phone will melt the amount is fucking insane and they're all high quality channels just uh, like one, if you type in kitten videos there's one i follow which is called the hoover boys uh brad kurt Bill and Leo out of out of Maryland. They get to hunt all these oh, old colonial. Where sites. in Maryland? Baltimore area. Interesting. There's a ton of history Boys. around there. We're talking. Civil I lived War. in Baltimore for we're, a couple we're, of years. We're talking Civil War history. We're talking colonial history. So they're finding they're finding Baltimore pirate is, treasure. Oh, Baltimore is a Spanish really historic town. And people don't even realize it's a shithole. But the stuff that Kurt produces, not only is they're finding pirate treasure. They're finding they're, 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 they're finding the actual Spanish silver and stuff like that. Colonial history, civil war history. That's the stuff that's getting you hard right now. I would love to hunt stuff like that. Yeah, but, but I already we know that live right on the northern coast. It's so newer. The best you can find is like a petrified rock or like an arrowhead or something. And they I mean. do they do that back east. They're finding arrowheads because it's legal oh, to no, pick up. Right. Well, what I'm saying is out here, oh, yeah. regardless of like the legality or the situation, yeah. whatever, out here, it's much more different because there's just, there was less people so, moving around dropping yeah, valuables. Exactly. So the, old, the oldest history we have is up around the Portland area. So before Salem was Oregon City, our, it was Oregon City, was yeah. where so it was established in like 1830. We're still in Oregon City. Yeah. Salem is now the, the capital. Oh yeah, Which no, is, no. I never. I would never suggest Oregon City is the yeah. hub or the capital. That was yeah. where the stopping point of the Oregon Trail was. Or, was Oregon City. Yeah. The Oregon City was the capital for a long time. Oh, it was it was oh. before Salem. It was the, the Oregonian. Look at me. Yeah. <laughs> but I have friends that have found silver, uh, Spanish silver, stuff like that. Spanish because, silver, because it's, it's it's that we have that. Well, that could be, but that could also be to me. I would well, look at it there, like that's like settlers who did that was yeah. part of their valuables or possessions well, that got like out. distributed. They were making lost. Spanish silver into the 1830s. 1840s. Yeah, forties. Yeah. So, so that kind of counters yeah, into our history, right? What I'm saying is there, there, um, there isn't as many so, shipwrecks or shit like that no, off the there west is, coast. There is. Well, there is, but I mean, it was from. I, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I know what you're check, saying. Check this ahead. out. There is more Spanish history up and down our coast than there is back east. How can I? Where can I look this up? Because I want to learn anywhere. Well, don't whether, say whether, whether it's Wikipedia or YouTube okay. channel. And I know I can or, just Google it or whatever. Yeah. But I mean, what what keywords should I look for, like just, to find out, like just uh, West like Coast pirate Spanish treasure or, or like what about uh, pirate what, treasure on the West Coast, just, or like just uh, West Coast history on the Spanish, West Coast, West Coast Spanish history. Because my my knowledge of uh, piracy and the history of that is very very good, but I'm also admitting that I know it's just straight up from North Carolina on down to the Caribbean. So that's all I know. When we're talking East Coast, it's a lot of pirate history yes well With spanish silver you yes. know that eight pieces of eight or whatever doubloons and yeah. you know, bullion yes but when we talk spanish history from mexico to canada border the spanish traveled heavily on our west coast that's what interests me because i am not too hip heavy, to that and, and i'm asking that's why i'm saying like oh well if you find spanish silver somewhere was that Somebody who had from here had gone down yeah. to Mexico and traded and gotten that and yeah. brought it back here and lost so, it. Now it's hard to find here, but the Spanish travel from Mexico and there's multiple places that the Spanish silver was made, not just Mexico City, but in Spain itself. These coins were made. Yeah. 
from Mexico border up to Canada on our west coast, there was a heavy because the Spanish Spanish owned a, well, the Spanish owned a lot of our west coast. And I know, yeah, correct. I am hip to that in terms of like, and I know how we warred with them over all the territories so, and stuff like that on the west ships. coast of North America. Yeah, not just ships, but just inland. But like travel. old Spanish silver. Yes, I'm very and travel mm, back and forth between mm. Mexico and and Canada. Check this out. I'm making a new note. This is yes. for me not to talk about later. This is for me to look up later. But yeah. Spanish. A lot of people don't know that, but there is a heavy Spanish influence on our west coast because they travel back and. Forth from all this shit can you imagine can you imagine coins or 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 food or just just goods in general traffic yes they traded with our native americans i really hope on the west coast and and that's interesting to see how that distributes from there i can't wait for me and all the listeners to uh look this up and find out that you're full of shit just for us to joke about it there has been documented (laughs) spanish shipwrecks off the coast of florence and newport Spanish, yes, really, because I, yes. I I'm pretty shipwrecks are kind of like a weird oddity obsession that I well, not obsession, but I mean if I see a documentary on Amazon Prime about like the uh, the Andrea Gale or whatever, no, no that's from uh, Perfect Storm. Um, the Andrea Doria was like a Italian cruise ship or whatever yeah. stuff like that. I'm highly interested with how we travel the seas because it's not the most efficient way to travel. It was back in the day. It's the only yes, way. it was, but ultimately. We were at the whims of three quarters of this planet is something we don't know how to control or study or understand. We're just now getting hip to like, you know, Doppler, weather bug, all these things again, like detect ocean patterns with the buoys. But like to think that's why, and it wasn't why I joined the Coast Guard, but I've always had a fascination with the water. I like it. I'm also a notoriously bad swimmer. I can survive, but I don't have good form. So I really am intrigued by these things where I'm just like, you're telling me like it's, like I said, if Spanish silver is found around here, I, I'm assuming it came from travelers landbound and not coming from the west. If you're Both. telling me, if you tell me Spanish ships landed on the west coast, like you said, they, there are shipwrecks of Spanish ships off the coast of Florence. I am so curious because I just never got to that point in learning yeah. that the Armada made they're, it that far. They're both there, both inland travel and sea travel, up and down our coast. Spanish travel. Uh, was training with Indians this is the first or, i've heard about yeah. coquille where we're sitting is a french indian word i've yes. always wondered why is it french indian how did that happen were the well, french here well, too well the spanish owned the bottom half of california of, of the west coast california yeah. canada owned the top half which was very french influenced because a lot you. of the france owned the majority of canada it's, it's pretty funny how dumb so, I can be. When you talk about the French Canadian fur trade, I never would have thought I got this was, far though. That was down towards us. Dude, now hold on. I understand completely border wise what you're talking about. That's exactly perfect. But I mean, out here, yeah. there was French influence out this far? Yes. You and I are both local. Okay, I guess Myrtle Point's smarter than Coquille because I never I'm, fucking I'm not, do that. Never I'm got not taught saying that. There's French ties with, with families. But the word has to come. No, the word but has to come from point, something. At one point, the French owned down into it's coming from the west coast of Canada to because the majority of the French are eastern Canada now. Yes. Oh, yes. Quebec. Heavily, Quebec is very French. Oh. But French owned all of Canada at one point. Yeah, but, and well, that Canadian, was their domain. The Canadian fur trade was French owned. Wait, and I and know that was out here. That was out here. Oregon, Idaho, Montana, and across the board. Okay. I, I just didn't. But I knew, I knew that existed. 
I knew that existed. I just didn't know that it was right. that it like extended but, that far. Yeah, the the Spanish traveled through and were trading with the the Native Americans and with the French at one point. Fuck right off! I got, so, I'm looking that up. That I is have awesome. A, I have a, a personal friend. Is uh, I can't remember his name right off the bat. He runs a YouTube channel called Oregon Coast Diggers or something like that. I can't remember the name. He lives in Washington now. And he has actually found, I don't know if it's what a cob is, a Spanish cob. Yeah. He found a Spanish cob in a sidewalk strip in front of fucking Walmart in Eugene, Oregon. Really? In a sidewalk strip in Eugene, Oregon, a Spanish cob from the, I think it was from the late 1600s. Wait, what do you mean found in the sidewalk strip? So you know how you, always, you and I are always talking about the sidewalk. So there's the road. Then go kill, then you hit grass. Oh, oh, well, the gra- oh sorry. The grass See, strip. You're a detector, so when yeah. you say sidewalk strip, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, so a curb strip or whatever. So the grass between the sidewalk. Well, I'm no curb strip either. Yeah. I'm just- <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. So, you know what? You fucker. He found it in a curb strip, sidewalks or whatever, in Eugene, Oregon. A, a cob, Spanish cob from the fucking late 1600s. What's a cob? A cob, so you have a, a, a corn a, piece of. Is that a piece of corn, Johnny? So check this out. So a Spanish coin, which was what we call as pirate treasure. So booty. Uh, yeah. And that's a Spanish coin. So you would They're always called... have you oh. would always have excess from because they would hammer it. Hammered coins, not minted. Hammer. You would take a hammer and hammer. I've never heard about hammer yeah. coins. Wait, That's is that for just the imprinting or how to make imprinting, a coin? Imprinting. Oh, 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 okay, okay, so okay. I have heard of that. Okay. When they melt the size down for Spanish coins, I thought you said people would be. I thought you were about to say people were making coins with the hammer. I'm like, yeah. I believe it, but I never heard of that. So they would take the excess from the Spanish coin to be just globs of yeah, of slop. just and be molten bullcrap. Yeah, they would hammer into those because they were running out of of silver so they got the in yeah they wait they get what happens when they hit that though they get some imprint whatever's on that coin oh gotcha so hammer coins are taken back from the old spanish or english coins they do that when you find an old hammered english coin we're here we're tight we're talking 1500s 1400s 1300s 1200s we're talking about huh. the and they're called cobs. But how do you spell how cobs. do you spell cob? C O B B S. C O B B, just yes. like Two as B's. straight up as it sounds. Yes. And that's a wait, but I mean, so what, 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 what else is a cob? Because that's not a Spanish word. No. Um, a cob it actually really is a Spanish word. It really is. What is it? What derivative but, of? Um, it's just it's Spanish. That's all I know. That's all I've been told. Oh, well, okay. Well, I'm sorry. I wasn't. So I wasn't expecting cobs, you to know. But. Cobs are really irregular. They're not really shaped like coins. Like our circle coins would be. You know, it's like I a have. wooden nickel. I mean, like 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 no, something no, that's irregular. It, 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 it's you know, you take our coins now. This is what the shape. That's what the Spanish coins look like. Perfectly round. Oh, like a. Oh, okay. Sorry. Perfectly round. Back in the 1600s, whatever Spanish coins were round. English okay. coins, getting back to the king. Oh, had all sorts of shapes. Still. So cobs were irregular. They would have just a random glob of fucking silver. But it would still have the silver, stamp on it. And have to signify. Stamp. Oh! It would have the same stamp as an actual silver doubloon or... Or, or, or you know, well, just like any 
piece of eight yeah. or anything like that. A, a or piece any, of eight would yeah. be perfectly round, but a, but but a car would be like part, and it would just be like random glob. And it would cost uh, less, or would be worth. Yeah, less. it would cost less. It would it would it cost Hi, less to make at one point. Oh no, you're on the podcast now. <laughs> and uh, well, we're know, wrapping up now. So cobs anyway, so. are just regular globs of C O B silver that Cobb. were stamped with the actual seal of coin time. So well, God my, forbid we, we yeah. ended at pirate treasure. Yeah. So my buddy actually bought <laughs> a cob in Eugene, Oregon, a sidewalk strip in front of Walmart that was dated from the late 1600s. See, and I was sitting there thinking you found some corn on the cob, like sans corn sitting under the slab and he dug it up saying like hey look at this organic matter right. from like 600 years ago yeah but i learned what cob meant in yeah. terms of that regard so and i'm sure they have a more technical term for it but a lot of people don't know if well it, coin history they call it cob someone so. right i mean or someone else who like might have the same like speech impediment or like hearing impediment might say like cog or something yeah or whatever, so. exactly anything else you want to before we get off no uh, not really not really at all doggy this has been a lot of fun I have impromptu. Are we, are we signing them off? Or we, yeah, we're, we, we, we're, we're, we're signing I mean, off. That's why we, we, we got, got anything we got, else to say. We got, we got an hour until your next podcast, you know. Yeah, but you know, Jennifer's here and yeah, she's, we, she's, we not, a, she's not a featured her. guest. We want to involve her with the podcast because she's got some history and information that we can probably She'll learn have from. her own episode. I bring her up a ton, but I mean, it's uh, not now. I mean, I want to learn. Not now, not ever. Not now. I mean, I'm just going to say it. She's got her pro card for a reason. So I want to hear some golf stuff here from her. Mm, oh, it, she! I, I, I gotta tell, learn. I'm, I tell golfers all the time. I tell golfers all the time that I caddy for her. She earned her PGA. Half of it while she wasn't working for a golf course, and it was like I what I watched her go through. I didn't. I wouldn't recommend it to anybody. It's okay. She's a better golfer than Jerry Lee. Let's all get That's up for debate. Oh no, no, it's not. It's it's there. We play different tees. We play different stuff. Whatever. Uh-huh. But thank you, Cody. Yeah. Thanks for joining us and. uh Hit him good. Hey, let's play some golf. No, that's what you're saying to me. I'm, I'm, exactly. I'm telling people, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to sign off. Play some I, golf, brother. I, I, yes, I'm trying to sign off because people don't hit him straight enough. Good night. Oh, not me. <laughs> Here I come again now, baby.